Today is January 24th, 2024, and welcome to Read Through the New Testament. Hi, everyone. And today we are going to be reading from Luke chapter 6, and we're going to begin our reading of Philippians chapter 1. Okay. That's great. Okay, so Luke chapter 6, we find Jesus still battling with the Pharisees over legalistic Sabbath issues. So listen for the Sabbath. On a Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence was it not lawful for any but the priests, which was not lawful for any of the, but the priests to eat, and also gave it to those with him? And he said to them, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Interesting, he refers back to the Old Testament there, mm-hmm. the story of David. Mm-hmm. I think it's First Samuel 21. <clears throat> okay, uh, verse 6. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching... And a man was there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come and stand here. And he rose and stood there. Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them, at them all, he said to, that, to him, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Yep, chapter 6, verse 11 is a key verse. Um, I have it outlined in my Bible, and I've written next to it. Matthew 12, 14, and Mark 3, 6. It's kind of like the turning point. Like they're so fed up with Jesus. He healed on the Sabbath. He was eating on the Sabbath. And he wasn't fasting like everybody's fasted. And uh, they got to kill him. Hmm. All right. Then we have the 12 disciples, the apostles. In these days, he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who is called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Okay, verse 17. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. That's a big group. Yep, yep. Um, Who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out of him and healed them all. And then he's going to preach to them. This is... Same words, last Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was an evangelist and so went around and preached the same sermon. And here he's preaching it on the plain, not the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 6, 17 says he spoke of them on a level place. Mm-hmm. But lots of the same thing as Matthew 5 through 7. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. 
Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Yep. And we'll finish the sermon next week. Next week. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's what I mean. Yeah. So leave room for the rest of chapter six in your summary. Yep. But we've got Jesus continuing on with um, just challenges on the Sabbath. Yep. And then calling his apostles. Yep. And then preaching. Yep. So far. So far. (laughs) It's pretty big. Okay, now we're in uh, Philippians chapter 1. We talked about uh, Philippians in class. And the idea here is two themes come up in Philippians a lot. There's joy. A lot of people just say Philippians is about joy, uh, which is true. But it has the gospel coming up here a lot. It's really joy in the gospel Mm -hmm. and in their partnership in the gospel and how... Um, he has experienced the gospel in his life and how the gospel is progressing. And so that's a key, rejoice in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to start Philippians 1, 1 and 2. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having been become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Which, again, he's in prison in Rome here. That's where he's writing from. Um, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in that, I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help 
of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that... Whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Sounds a lot like Ephesians, walking worthy and yep. unity. Yep, yep, you're right. <laughs> um, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. All right. Well, there's Philippians 1. We're starting. Okay. So kind of a quick summary idea. Yeah. I think uh, just the idea of being thankful, verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel. Mm. It just speaks about your partnership that he's in prison but the gospel is still proceeding on and uh, then the exhortation to chapter 1 verse 27 let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel that's that's ephesians yeah and all these epistles just kind of linked together yeah very similar but paul's writing them at a similar time in his life and but joy and partnership of the gospel would be a great summary and an exhortation to walk worthy of the gospel Mm -hmm. okay All right, we will see you tomorrow. Okay, bye Bye -bye. everyone.